Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. Today is a very, very special episode, and I am so honored and humbled that I have the opportunity to um, even host this brand, host this guest. This is such a dream come true. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Veronica Alanis, who is the Senior Design Engineer and New Product Developer for Dyson. So welcome to the show, Veronica. Thank you so much for making the time for this. Oh, not at all. Thank you for having me. Such a such an honor to be talking to people and reach out to audiences that um, are really interested in in hair as much as I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, me too. I'm very much interested in hair, and it's something that's been a very close uh, part of my life growing up. I know, you know, I grew up in an Indian household, and we're very serious about our hair. So um, I'm I'm gonna dive into all the details with you about the science, but I want to get started first by you sharing with us your um, education background and what really led you to Dyson. Uh, yeah, sure. So I am originally from Mexico. So I I was born in Monterrey, which is in the northeast of Mexico, and I grew up there. I went to university there, actually. I did a bachelor degree in industrial design, and then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to then go to study to Scotland. Um, and I did a oh. master's in sustainable design, which was uh, really eye-opening. Um, I think that was the first time that I came across Dyson as a brand, because back then, in 2012, Dyson didn't really have a presence in, in Mexico. So it was only when I moved to the UK that I realized that that was a brand that I, I really resonated with. It was, it was just a cool product design brand then, um, and I knew yeah. there was more to it, but it never, ever in a million years crossed my mind that I could actually end up working there. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really heavily like influenced by product design and sustainability. Um, I had uh, my first my f- very first job was a, as a designer for a French company doing more like electromechanical products. Um, and yeah. then I've also worked in uh, an architecture fir- firm doing more sustainable design work. Um, and it was only in 2016 when I approached Dyson, I applied for a job and I was really, um, really lucky to be honest, to, to, to manage to get a, a job at, back then. Uh, yeah. It was it was a vacuum cleaner company. That's why I thought of it. I had no idea that they were developing a, a hair dryer because it would still, uh, you know, it, it wasn't launched supersonic um, in 2006. Well, at end of 2015 when I applied for the job. So even just getting a job generally in Dyson was unbelievable. And then I remember my very first day in the office. Uh, my line manager showed me the prototype of Supersonic and he told me you're working on something that we call new category and this is a new product um, and, and we wanted to get involved and I was just, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, not only am I working with Dyson, <laughs> I'm also working on something that I actually use. <laughs> yeah, something so innovative. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, so that, so that was the beginning of it. Um, 
and it's been almost six years since then. So, so yeah, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed working uh, in Mamsbury, which is where we are located. Uh, Mamsbury is a tiny village in the southwest of England, uh, about two and a half hours from London on a train. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, um, I recommend. How close is that to Ipswich? Because I love Ipswich. It's like a little fishing town. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, it just sure. ran away with that. Yeah. But um, I, it's like the approximately like the same time. That's why I asked. <laughs> but that's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is where Dyson started, and now we have presence in oh I, I can't even remember something like thirty four countries to to this day. Uh, we've got um, RDD facilities, which stands for research, design, and development. Uh, not only in the UK, but also in Singapore, in Malaysia, and in Philippines. Uh, we we have marketing offices in almost every country. In the Western world, and we we've launched in India uh, a couple of years ago, launched in Mexico, um, and we're constantly expanding, trying to get to to more hair hair types, really. Uh, so it's yeah. been it's been quite a journey to see our category hair care category growing in the in the last six years, uh, and just an honor to be part of it. Um, Supersonic was the first, but yeah, we 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 didn't stop there. From then, um, we've been we've been learning more about hair, and I'm sure that we'll be talking about that in a second. But yeah. we're learning more, and we're improving, and we're constantly trying to know more about how people connect to their hair and what they want to achieve, and how can we help them achieve it. Yeah, and you know that's honestly, Veronica. For me, like I'm one of those people that you know, for me, I, as I mentioned, like hair has always been an important part of my life. You know, growing up, my mother was always like giving me a hair oil massage or somehow mentioning hair, you know, in conversation. Yeah. So like, I, but I never really was the person that used styling tools. You know what I mean? And I never really got into it. But I know when I um I first saw Dyson come onto the hair um hair scene, I was just very intrigued, and it was genuinely because. Of design aspect and I was like wow this is really cool and maybe that's the science nerd in me just like geeking out but like I just like I remember thinking to myself this is not a product like I really want to not only like use but I want to like really get to know and that's really kind of the direction that I want to um, turn towards because you know when it comes to like hair care and like hair um, styling especially I know there's like a million products on the market you know like I like yeah. going to a hairdresser is always like so mind-boggling for me like it's worse than being in the lab and starting a new experiment because I don't know I'm always like what are you using like why and like you know so I want I want you to talk to us and I want you to dive into the science of the supersonic or whichever product you want to start with first because I really want to talk about it and I want to talk about the engineering and like the real um, science that went behind these products yeah absolutely yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, it, in hindsight it makes sense to be honest, when I think about it, uh, James Dyson has been making um, vacuum cleaners for the last 30 years or more. Um, as a company, we became experts in airflow and what air can do. Uh, we're not only making vacuum cleaners, we make uh, air purifiers, we make uh, robots. So we, we kind of switched from being just a, a manufacturer of vacuum cleaners into a technology company. So in hindsight, it makes sense that the next step was to see, well, what other airflow problems can we solve? Um, you would never imagine that hair would be that, that, that problem that we chose to solve. But James is really keen to always push the engineers into looking at what problems are there in the world and how we can solve them through technology. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really proud to say that Supersonic is actually a tool that solves a problem. Like hair dryers yeah. weren't, weren't redesigned since the 60s. They, they, they're 
quite a humble tool because they, they work like uh, absolutely if you go and grab one of the shelves they'll, they'll do the job but there are so many things that could be improved of that really original combination of having a bulky motor a big heater and no real uh, temperature control so the first thing and and i think supersonic is probably the best the best place to start is we we chose to challenge the conventional hair dryer and we said how can we make the experience or of drying hair better? What are the problems that people face currently? And how can we apply all the knowledge that we have in thermodynamics, in fluid dynamics, all the, you know, we have a massive team of electronics, hardware engineers, integration engineers. Uh, how can we make use of all these knowledge into, into something that we think could be improved? Um, and it took, it wasn't easy, obviously, because coming, from being a vacuum cleaner company into the, the, the world of beauty, um, it was daunting. Yeah. Like we, we weren't really sure at the very beginning how, how well received or even if we were gonna be received by the likes of you know, um, users that not necessarily knew Dyson as a beauty company. Um, yeah. And it was really, it was really humbling to, to actually see that people do like our products and, and they give us feedback and, and it's, it's just great. So the engineering behind Supersonic to begin with, um, I would highlight that it was the development of a new motor, completely new digital motor. So if you look yeah. at hair dryers, um, conventional hair dryer, they have like what we call off the shelf. So a very generic DC motor. What we wanted to do was compress that motor and make it not only smaller, but also lighter and faster. And we're really lucky that we have an amazing motors and power systems team in, in Dyson that uh, with a lot of effort and a lot of engineering, they managed to create V9, which is our Dyson digital motor. And that is at the center of supersonic. So yeah. most hair dryers would have the motor at, at, the, at the head, if you want to call it like that. Ours right. is in the handle. So just by shifting that like piece of um, electronic to the handle, we actually make the product more ergonomic, a little bit more balanced. So the weight is not in the hair, but actually on the handle, which is where your hand is holding the product from. Um, yeah. And, and, and I know it sounds silly, but whenever we've done user trials with professionals, which is one of the, the most important people that we, you know, we, we work with to understand, you know, the, the science behind styling, uh, it did take them quite a while to get used to it because they've developed a technique where they make use of the head to, you know, like hold the hair whilst they're introducing a brush. I don't know if you, you can picture what I'm saying, but. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because it's like a kind of a pivot thing they do. Like they, it's the weight because the weight is all on the head portion. So. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it, it does take some sort of like learning time to like adapt to the new geometry. But I think once you bypass that, uh, given the number of hours that a hairdresser uses a, a, a hairdryer for, and you know, they're standing, they're in this awkward angle position. Um, overall, just making the product more ergonomic and more balanced actually has a really positive impact in their day-to-day -day work. So yeah. that's, that's, that's one area of how V9 made um, uh, the engineering of Supersonic possible. And I guess the other side is the fact that even though it's smaller, it's actually more powerful than a conventional um, motor, sorry. Uh, it yeah. spins at 110,000 revolutions per minute, which is 
almost as fast as a Formula One car, really. So it's quite it's quite a monster, <laughs> even though it's so small. And because we yeah. can put that much pressure, we can actually generate a lot of um, airflow. Um, yeah. And we have something that we call um, air multiplying technology, which is actually a patent from Dyson, where not only is the airflow that's being generated by the high pressure motor, but also we can entrain airflow from the back and we multiply that airflow three times. So that's why the supersonic hairdryer has that really funny shape with a hole in the middle. It sounds like a static feature, but actually it's, it's an aerodynamic feature that helps multiply the airflow three times. So by combining wow. those two things, you can actually have faster hair drying experience just because you have more air concentrated over the same period of time. Um, right, so right. So, <laughs> so it might be a lot to take in, but I think once you try it, you realize that, oh, was that faster? You can time yourself. And sometimes it's like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's faster, but it actually, it, it actually does Dry. No, it is. It's definitely <laughs> faster. Are you kidding? Like I, I have had like really thick hair and long hair my whole life. And it's like, that was one of the biggest reasons I never used hair dryers. I'm not even lying. Like I would stand there all day if I tried to dry my hair <laughs> with a conventional hair dryer. And it was like, I don't have the time for this, you know? And I know Dyson is way faster because it dries my hair thoroughly. That was actually the biggest problem I had with hair dryers was that not only was I using it and it wasn't really drying it all the way and it, leaving it like damp but like it was like also I'm like I'm putting so much heat into onto my hair and I I always hated that aspect so that's where like I get so interested because I know um the next step in the technology for you guys for the supersonic is that heat control system right so I want you to talk about that a lot because I really think (laughs) people need to understand like why this is so important and why heat damage is really the big you know like the hallmark of products like what we need to focus on with hair care Oh, that's uh, that's that's really good. Like it's really good to hear that you can actually see that. Um, uh, We 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 develop a lot of test methods in house in Dyson. That's the way that we can benchmark our products against our own designs. Um, This is something quite funny because if you look at the hair dryer industry, there are certain standards that you need to comply with. Like there are basic things that you need to make sure that you you know like safety, electrical safety, etc. And then there is one performance test that you need to to run to make sure that your hair dryer doesn't get too hot and that it dries fast. Um, it's just like a really yeah. basic test. And when we got into the world of hair dryers, we realized that that test method wasn't as good as we would like it to be. It's actually using a cloth, like a piece of cloth to measure how much evaporation essentially you're, you're, you're generating. So like how fast can you evaporate a, a wet cloth? So we that's totally a... not normal. That's <laughs> not a good design at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, Go ahead. You know, it, it, in the world of like in like industry standards, you need to standardize. I guess, yeah, yeah. It, it's a yeah. it's a redundant term, but you need to make sure everyone's doing the same. So, like the more basic tests that you can provide, the, the easier it is to make sure everyone's complying with. But this is the sort of thing that Dyson is not happy with like we want to go beyond so we develop our own test methods where we start to test with hair um, and this is quite quite an investment because hair is you know is not cheap and we want to make sure that it's ethically ethically sourced so we need to make sure that we work with um, the right suppliers so in order to like get the right hair in as many different types as we can so then we can test it in the lab it's quite it's quite a challenge but it was when we started yeah, testing yeah, it's when we start to test the, the performance of the hair dryer on real hair 
that we could also understand the impact of temperature on hair. And that's where we got to all these like heat damage analysis. Then we said, actually, if you pump the power of your heater, you're starting to put more temperature in the hair. And we start to notice the hair start to look, you know, less shiny, a little bit more dull. And that's when we start to get really deep into the hair science part. So as I said, I'm a product designer, um, so I'm not a hair scientist, but we have a big team in our research labs that 100% of their time is dedicated to understand what makes hair uh, shiny, what makes it strong? How we, how can we measure you know strength in hair? It's quite it's quite an unusual concept yeah. to think about like the strength of hair, but but we want to characterize as much as we can different hair types to understand how can we ensure that your hair is as healthy as it can be. Um, right. Right. No, I, w- I want to actually know, though, what is the process of that? Like, were you working with, like, the hair scientists, like, the engineers and the hair? T- how does that work, like, the collaboration? Do you guys just go into a room and just everyone just shares <laughs> facts? Or, like, how is it? It must be hard, right? It is, it is quite hard. Um, hair is so variable. Like, if you think about it, I've got a yeah. sister, right? So we have a very close DNA, and our hair is completely like no not the same uh, so what works in her hair doesn't work in my hair and we are from the same household so imagine when you start moving from a country to country generation to generation hair characteristic is very different so we need we needed to give ourselves certain rules right. otherwise we would we would never be able to test absolutely everything but we want to make sure that we test in as many hair types as we can. So we test, um, as I said, in uh, different types of so type one, two, three, and four, which is a, a very conventional way to uh, define hair curliness. So type one is generally straight, type four is generally very curly or um, uh, kinky. Really type like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then type two is wavy, type three is curly. So we, we try to get as many shades of those four types as possible but then you also start looking at hair thickness so we go um, in our hair labs in Malmesbury and in Singapore we've got um, a lot of equipment one of my favorite pieces of kit is the SEM which is a scanning electron microscope and what you yes. can do when you, when you put a sample of hair inside the microscope you can look at things like um, the thickness of the hair so I yeah. always thought I had really coarse hair because my hair is really curly. So I associated my freeziness to be having coarse hair. So mistakenly over time, I always tried to use products that were targeted to coarse hair users because that's what I thought I had. And it was only when I started to work on hair care products that I realized if you compare it to the global average, my hair is quite fine. And it's, it's crazy because my hair is so freezy and in, in the way I grew up, I never associated freeze with fine hair. I always thought fine hair was people with like this lush, uh, straight hair. Yeah, um, like they're really like naturally straight. Yeah, I know. What you yeah. Um, so so it was it was quite funny. Um, things like the SEM microscope can tell you things like hair um, thickness. And then when you start combining that with hair type, then you can start to understand all the variables. So that's one, one of the things that we look in our hair labs, but, uh, the hair scientists are these people that have backgrounds in either chemistry or they work with, um, agencies that look at, uh, you know, like tensile strength tests, which is a test where we pull hair apart and then we can measure how much force is required to break the hair. And then you can, you can, you can submit the hair to different temperatures. So, you know, that once you go, after a certain uh, temperature, the hair is more likely to break. 
So that's one of the test methods that we developed. So I love that. I want to pause for a second because I love that you're using um, SEM because, and everyone listening, like um, Veronica touched upon it, but SEM is actually the type of microscopy that uses like, um, you know, the the generated image is like a bounce off and it's giving you like this 3D imagery of like something very, very small. So, you know how we talk about like electron microscopy and like there's one type that can look inside of things and the, the scanning one is the one that can look on top in 3D. So when you look at, when, I know a lot of people see those images of hair where it's like super close up and you see like the breakage and you see the that's SEM so for, just for reference for everyone listening <laughs> yeah. oh that's great you know yeah. you know what you're talking well, I about to, I love this science background <laughs> you know I'm not an engineer but I've got the science part now <laughs> no that's yeah. excellent um I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because I forgot to say one of the other things that we can look at in the SEM is actually the cuticle so hair is composed generally by three layers, if you want to see them like that. So you have your external layer, which is your cuticle. Then you have your secondary layer, which is your cortex. And then you have the middle, which is your medulla. Like the medulla is what contains your DNA. Some people have medulla, some people don't. And your hair changes throughout your life. So sometimes that changes. But that most of the cases, that, that medulla doesn't carry any of the hair characteristics. Most of the characteristics of the hair, so... The, the color, the shape, the strength, the shine is all in the cortex. That's, um, if I remember correctly, that 90% protein. So that's like uh, keratin essentially. And that is the bit that we want to protect. That's the, that the, the cortex is what, uh, what you really want to make sure that doesn't get exposed to too much UV, doesn't yeah. get exposed to too much uh, chemical damage and doesn't get too exposed to heat damage. And the only way that you can protect the hair because as you know, hair is dead. Like the moment it comes out of your hair, um, out of your head, sorry. It's out just, of the follicle area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's just, there, there's nothing you can do to, to to heal it, if if anything, but you can protect it. And the way to protect it is to make sure that that cortex, uh, sorry, that cuticle, your outermost layer is as aligned as possible. So things like making sure that the airflow is controlled and making sure that you expose the hair to the most minimal um, mechanical damage. That can help to ensure that your cuticle is aligned. Therefore, the light bounces off the cuticle really nicely, making sure that your hair looks shiny and also protects your cortex from, as I said, UV, chemical and heat. So Mm, understanding that sort of thing um, is quite important for us. And that's what we have the hair science team for, to make sure that all of this knowledge is always embedded in every product and in every attachment, accessory, etc., that we work on in hair care. Yeah, um, no, I love that. I love that. That's a very like, and yeah, that's just exactly why I love Dice because you guys are so, it's really science heavy. I mean, you guys, <laughs> it's like every little detail is, it's like examined, it's thought about, it's really engineered to perfection. I mean, I, I, I think that's my favorite part of, of the whole company. And, you know, so I just wanted to put that in there because I, I really just, I admire that in your brand, you know, like you don't see that. And it, it's always like so weird for me because I always think like, you know, whenever it comes to anything on our bodies, whether it's hair or skin or nails, it's like, you would think, right, that there'd be a huge group of scientists working behind it. But like, it's, very rare to see that yeah and I mean I've got to admit we've come a long way but we're always learning and I think this comes from James himself like we're always trying to improve ourselves so even though we are experts in hair I always think that we're looking for the next thing and we want to make sure that we not only cater for you know 
the, t the hair types that we currently do. We're always trying to expand. We're always trying to understand better. And um, Supersonic is a great example. Like the original attachments that we launched with have been re-engineered. And I think it was like when we relaunched them because we understood that we can do better performance. We can have uh, more controlled airflow. We could have, um, we could cater for people with more needs. So for example, the gentle dryer on supersonic was a second generation attachment and all the gentle mm. dryer does is that entrains more air so even though you can still dry your hair at the same rate so you can still feel that it's a fast drying the flow itself is cooler and this is to help people that have really sensitive uh, sensitive scalps to make sure that they don't you know overdo it because obviously what I think is hot might not be the same that my mom thinks hot on, on her scalp. So I think just trying to always learn and evolve, it, it's quite, it's intrinsic to what Dyson does really. So we're always looking for feedback and we're constantly working with professionals. We're constantly working with um, dermatologists, scientists, et cetera, to make sure that we make our products better. But yeah, th thanks for that. Just hearing it from you is also quite nice <laughs> yeah. no no absolutely and also you know I want to move on to the air wrap after this because that's like my I, I'm just so intrigued by it but like I really want to ask you like and I know this is a hard it could be a hard question but like what is the ideal heat level like is there such a thing or do we not know that like you know when it comes to like the science like the heat that's for our hair for minimal cuticle damage yeah that is a really hard question like we got yeah we got numbers obviously because we, we test in the lab so for certain hair types you will go to a certain level and you would see barely any impact um rather than tell you a number i would i would say you need to understand the point where your hair starts to be modified and can no longer go back to its original shape and i think that's mm. where you would start to see damage so so hair as i said is protein so it, it, it can flex and that's why you can go from curly hair to straight hair and that's why you can go from straight hair to curly because it it can modify its hydrogen bonds and you can make it set into a new shape right that's what we do that's what we do whenever you you go from wet to dry even when you go to bed with wet hair and you wake up with like bed head that's just that modifying your hydrogen bonds into the pillow shape essentially <laughs> um, yeah yeah so, so so hair is flexible obviously we can style it but it's when you style it to a point that it cannot return that's when you start to see damage and that's why we were so keen to understand what that damage was like and how we can like prevent it so um when we tune our products supersonic and airwrap and coral we we set this uh, smart heater control or intelligent heat control which is essentially just measuring the temperature of the air or of the plates in the coral case uh, and make sure that whenever it goes above a, a threshold we always bring it down back so it would vary depending on the heat setting that you are in um mm -hmm. so yeah it's, it's quite hard like i wish i could yeah. tell you number but it would be so variable if you have fine hair if you had coarse hair if you have curly hair um, we know from just running user trials across the world that sometimes and I include myself. Sometimes I wouldn't mind putting a bit more heat if I know that I'm going to achieve a hairstyle. This is me growing up, you know, like straightening my hair every day with absolutely no uh, remorse of what would happen in the future. <laughs> now yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I quite like my natural hair and I'm trying to embrace my natural curl. And, I'm, and I know that the benefit of 
not exposing my hair to extreme heat is, is bigger in the long run because I'm going to keep my hair shine and I'm going to keep my hair health. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I love that. And I think I'll, we all go through that, you know, transition of just like, I think natural is better anyways. So I, I completely hear you on that. And thank you for the answer, by the way. I, I knew it would be a hard thing to give a number for, but I just wanted to put that out there for everyone listening. Because, you know, people love numbers. We love like this, like black and white, you know, explanation. But I'm glad that you said that it really does depend on your hair type. Um, but I want to move on. And I want to talk about the air wrap because I know that you've had um, a very special role in creating that. So I want you to tell us all about that and um, how that came to be. Because I know when this product launched, I remember YouTube was going crazy. You know, I think the first time I saw it was um, the influencer Tati, like she had it on there and she was like trying to uh, work with it and show us how to use it. And I was just so intrigued. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> so um, I would love for you to talk about the whole, you know, the science, the engineering and all the good stuff um, with that and explain it to us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arab, it, it has a special place in my heart. I'm not going to lie. It's, <laughs> it's the yeah. first project that I work in Dyson. Um, and I was part of a big team. It was about, if I'm not wrong, 300 something engineers that we worked on Arab overall over the the course of four years um, and it was it was an amazing like uh, it was an amazing project to be part of to be honest um, again the technology at the heart is our digital motor so thankfully yeah. we had this tiny but really powerful motor that could help us deliver this amazing amount of pressure now what's different different between Arab and supersonic is I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I know how to use a, a hair dryer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't mean that I know how to style my hair. You still need some sort of <laughs> <Yes>! like <laughs> level of skill. You need some sort of skill to you know use a use a round brush or use a paddle brush with a hair dryer to create you know a, a blow dry. I'm not. Yeah, let me I'm, just let me just say this. I've <laughs> never recreated what my stylist has done the day I got the haircut. I'll just yeah. leave it at that because I can yeah. do the hair dryer part. I can't do the styling. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. Yeah. You, 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 I hear you. I know what you mean. So <laughs> I think what we wanted to do with Airwrap was trying to mimic what a hairdresser would do, but trying to remove that level of skill. So we yeah. tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, and of course, professionals, that's their job. They will always, probably always do a much better job. But we wanted to make it affordable we wanted to make it doable we wanted to remove that skill and if someone really wanted to have amazing waves or really glamorous curls on a Tuesday morning they can do it (laughs) so so that's what that's what Arab was now we we understood that there were problems with the existing sort of like styler some of them use air but they also use some sort of mechanical you know rotation device or they try to be like really clever and you know physically like mechanically rotate and they weren't performing really well they actually got stuck into people's head yeah. and that was that was a nightmare um yeah and then if you look at the other type of like curlers um they they really rely on high temperatures things like wands and tongs so we wanted to stay away from that and as i said dyson we we have an amazing team of uh, aerodynamics and fluid dynamics so obviously someone said, oh, what if we use the Kwanda effect? Um, I'm quite familiar with the Kwanda effect now, but back then I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. 
Yeah, so I want you to tell us everything because I have no idea what you're talking about. So, like, I want to know. <laughs> okay. What is so, the Koanda effect? Yeah. So, the Koanda effect um, is a, it's a physical phenomenon, something that happens in nature. It's actually, it gets its name after a physicist, a Romanian physicist from 1930s called Henry Koanda, who coined the, the, the term by um, designing air wing foils. So, he was working in um, airplanes. And there's an effect hmm. when you have a different of pressures where the air tends to attach to a curved surface rather than bouncing off that surface. So hmm. it's something that happens in nature. It's not something that we invented. But what we did is that we applied that principle into a curler, which is something that no one has ever done. Because as I said, yeah. most curlers either use some sort of mechanical rotation device or needed the person, like the user to wrap the hair around it manually. So what Airwrap does, especially the curling bottles, is that they use this quantum effect to their advantage to attach the hair automatically, almost like without having to interfere. All you have to do is like get the, the hair dressed close to the barrel and then the hair will just attach. And it will attach around the barrel because we have um, six air slots where you have this like really high pressure air coming out of them because of our V9 motor um, and that creates this sort of like vortex of air and that's what makes the curl using only air and because yeah. we and because we can we can modify the hair tresses with that combination of um, air and temperature we don't really need to rely on high temperatures because we have that really powerful amount of air so it's actually quite a nice natural finish style I, I like yeah. to think and again this is something that will vary depending on your hair type and we know that uh, fine hair types will probably don't hold the style for as long as coarser hair types would do and that's when if, if you had fine hair we would probably recommend you to use a tighter barrel so like the 20 mm barrel would be probably best if you have coarse hair then maybe using one of the bigger barrels would create the same effect so when it came to air wrap, we really, really needed to understand hair types and how um, different hair types and different style aspirations will require different needs. So we have short barrels, we have long barrels, we have thin barrels, we have big barrels. Um, and that's the magic, in my opinion, of air wrap is that the technology is there and you just personalize it depending on what you want to achieve. Yeah, no, I was actually going to ask you because I was like, you know, um, so I'm very interested in like how you explain the the Kwanda effect because so what is like the, um, I guess, I don't know what the right word would be, but like the amount of, I guess, uh, velocity or something to get something to adhere because of just airflow? Like, is there like a, a number? Does that also vary with hair type? Like how? Well, yeah. yeah, no. So, so the actual velocity coming the velocity of the air coming out of the barrel is pretty much standard. That wouldn't really change depending on your hair type. What would, okay. what would be different is um, depending on your flow setting. So Airwrap has three flow settings, has low, medium, and high. High is what mm -hmm. we recommend to use whenever you're using the barrels. Why? Because um, high velocity airflow will translate into a better attachment of the hair to the surface. So more koanda if you want to think that that way yeah okay um okay. so the velocity would vary depending on the big uh, it, it will vary based on the diameter of the barrel so the bigger barrels will have um slightly more velocity because you have less uh, gaps in between that's for the longer yeah. barrel and then the shorter barrels we have more 
uh, gaps. So the velocity might change. But overall, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> overall, yeah. Uh, they should all be the same, and it shouldn't really affect with your hair type. What will be affected by not your hair type, but the amount of hair that you put is how tight the curl is. So that's why we we understand that there's a learning curve of switching from a conventional hairstyler to airwrap because you really need to be a bit more mindful of the, the amount of hair that you put um, and to just section your hair essentially. I think, you know, for me, like, I know when it first came out, people were, like, really trying to figure out, like, what the, you know, optimal amount of hair to use is, you know, but for me, I think I was just so mesmerized by the fact that my hair is wrapping around, like, <laughs> this, with this, like, cool, like, airflow, and I was just, like, so geeking out over that. I never had problems. Like, it just, it worked so beautifully um, when I tried it, so, yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't know that's because I'm a geek but <laughs> well no I, I think yeah. that's absolutely fine you know what's really funny is that we as um you know the people that work on the product we always assume yeah. that people will use it how we design it to be used but actually people are so creative like they came up with like all these different ways of using the barrels in <laughs> like you know the beach wave the beach wave is something that we always thought well maybe the barrels cannot do it but people came up with a technique when they you know turn the product upside down and then they wrap it around and then they make sure that the ends stay straight and they can do like beach waves and this is something that actually i think what? jen jen atkin was probably one of the first people that um because we work with as i said with lots of professionals and sometimes we have to um, get their feedback before we even launch a product and I remember Jen coming to one of the labs and saying like oh why don't you use it this way and we were like oh actually yeah that makes sense that's so, <laughs> so cool yeah. so people people always um will come up with like new ways to use it and I think that's so cool to see um so yeah, yeah. so those are the barrels that's a quant effect but the quant well, effect even without the barrel though I remember like I'm I told you like I I watch Tati's videos a lot and she was like using I remember when it came out she was like taking off the um barrels and she was like you can also use this to dry your mist after you put on your makeup because it's very <laughs> nice and it feels lovely on the skin so I was like okay that tells me it's an amazing product because she's putting the actual <laughs> air that's coming out on her skin so like it was really cool that's um, so but, um, interesting yeah yeah no it, it's really cool and I I you know I love that explanation thank you so much for that and I know um I really want to talk about the corral as well because the corral for me is actually so like I was blown away when I first like started reading about it and stuff because the the bending of the copper plates so could you also walk us through that one because that's really really cool as well yeah um absolutely so corral is quite an interesting project so we knew that we wanted to stay away from extreme heat that's why we developed the intelligent heat control on supersonic and on airwrap but we also yeah. knew that certain hair types will always try to achieve that like really sleek straightness. So something that yeah. with air sometimes is really hard to achieve unless you're like a real pro with like the round brush, for example. So we decided to embark in this like hair straightener world, trying to minimize heat damage as much as possible. So we thought about, you know, how can we do it? What are the constraints of current hair straighteners and what makes them so bad or well, not so bad because they still do the job, but what, what can we improve? Um, yeah. And I think the main, the main thing that we realize is that all hair straighteners use solid plates. So yeah. I'm going to try to paint a picture. Let's see if I can do it. So if you put your two hands 
together and pretend to be holding a bunch of spaghetti, yes. <laughs> like dry spaghetti. Um, as you get your like palms closer, some of that spaghetti is going to start to like fall out because you can't apply that tension evenly across all the spaghetti strands, right? Yeah. So this yeah. is what happens in your hair. When you have two solid bases trying to like press against hair, some of the ends are always going to splay. And I think that's what makes people go over a section of hair time and time and time again until they get it as straight as they want it to be. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we said, okay, if we were, if, if we break the straightness process into like, what are the key components? Um, straightening is basically the combination of temperature because you need to modify the hair structure, but also tension. Yeah. So if we improve the tension, maybe we can minimize the temperature and still get the same hairstyle. So what we started to explore is how can we apply that hair uh, how can we apply the tension to the hair evenly as much as we can? And that's how we came up with the idea of having flexing plates. Now, what mm. the plates do is that they adapt to the shape of the hair or the spaghetti in this <laughs> metaphor. Um, and they corral the hair in a way that both the force that you're applying and the temperature that you're applying is going to concentrate all, in all the spaghetti as yeah. you go along the hair. So that's cool. Yeah, it, it, it was quite a challenge to find the right material to create that flexibility. It was quite a challenge to find the right, um, uh, you know, temperature, the heat control. It was quite a challenging process. And on top of that, we also made it cordless. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it wasn't hard enough as it is, you know, yeah, in the true well... spirit of science, they had to make it impossible <laughs> to create. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think we were just like really excited about the challenge and I am actually really pleased with the result. I know like it, it, it's a big team of engineers that work on that and designers and hair scientists. And I mean, we don't talk about them too much, but you know, like the commercial teams, the legal teams, finance, everyone that work on Corral, um, I think they should be really proud of, of, of the job that they did. And it's... Um, I think it's really good. Like it's probably the product that I use the most out of the three, because as yeah. like I said, I've got I've got like curly, frizzy hair, so I quite like um, using Corral in a medium heat setting, uh, which is um, in Fahrenheit. I don't know how much it's in Fahrenheit actually. In Celsius, it's 160 degrees, so that's what I like using, and I think that works well. I don't need to go over and over and over again because one slow pass basically contains the whole dress and I know that the heat has been applied evenly so it minimizes the heat damage but also minimizes the mechanical damage because I only need to go maybe once or twice per section so yeah. that's corral basically yeah no I love the because that's exactly see this is why I want to talk to you about it because the one styling tool like even in high school that I was using was like a straightener because you know like the whole look was in you know 90s you know all that good yeah. stuff and like um I remember just like doing the exact thing that you just mentioned which is going over my same section of hair over and over and over again and I used to think myself like when I would touch my hair because my hair is very dark like almost black and so when I would touch it I was like oh my gosh like this is like hurting my fingers like because <laughs> of so much heat you know so that's that's really interesting yeah yeah, I think we've all been through that. I mean, have, yeah. Have, did you ever like iron your hair with an actual clothes iron? What's that? 
<laughs> Did you ever like straighten your hair with a clothes iron? No, no, but people no. are doing that. What? <laughs> no, I think I must have been like 13. The like the first time that I saw someone doing it, it was like a slumber party, like a pajama party, and and all my friends were like, "Oh, let's straighten our hairs," and they brought like a clothes iron, and I'm like, "That's genius," you know, like yes. Um, obviously, once you do it, like once you realize, it's not a good idea, so definitely don't do it (laughs) but I mean you know they were little scientists and we have to explore so I love that no I've I've, I genuinely you know I can't tell you enough Veronica like the science of beauty to me is the most interesting aspect of this whole industry and I think like what you know when you guys agreed to like come on to the show I was just literally geeking out I was like this is gonna be the most amazing like because the the technology and like you said like you it's you challenge the norms and the you know not just that but you go above and beyond and that is what I think needs to be at the heart of like anything that's innovative anything that's breakthrough you know and so um thank you so much for taking the time and explaining to us the nitty-gritty science and the and the details because this is I think you know what we need like as consumers like we need to understand why we're using what we're using and how to optimize you know the results of what we want you know from the product so I love it (laughs) well I'm glad um no and and I'm really really happy to be in your show I think uh the more we talk about it the more questions there will be and I think that's what we want we want to have this conversation we want to be challenged and we want to you know improve our products as much as we can and we want to learn from people's experiences as well um so yeah anytime uh, i'll be more than happy to talk about more hair. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh i will have you on all the time don't tell me that because i will be booking your calendar up um but everyone listening i hope you loved this episode and i know veronica is a true genius and i hope you learned as much as i did from her and if you have any questions at all yeah definitely leave them in the comments you know send us a message send us a voice message whatever you know get in touch with us and we'll pass them along to veronica's team and maybe get her back on to answer some of those questions so thank you so much this has been lovely no problem hope to speak to you soon yes